Fusion, the international science radio show. We have a bouncer and the doors of perception. The good, the bad, the ugly. It gets pretty exciting. The myths, the truths. Toxicology. Astro seismology. Magnetism. The dark side. Genetically engineered potatoes. Planetoid. Planetoid. I love that word. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to Diffusion. I'm Ian Wolfe. On this edition, we chat with hypnotherapist Melinda Hall-King, who gives us a mother's eye view of Science Week, we explore the placebo effect, get sceptical about sceptics, and ask just what is hypnosis. But first up, here's John August with a postcard from the past, a voice from Britain in the throes of the Industrial Revolution in the 1870s. Yesterday I went to see the factory just outside town. It's been there for a few years, but it was only then that I really understood its significance, its part in the new age around us. Its black smoke broadcasts to the world the productive energy inside, our part in the new technological age. The steam engine has replaced human toil, able to run continuously 24 hours a day, and steam trains crisscross our nation, developed from Stevenson's first innovative design in 1829 but it is symptomatic of many different advances. You are able to build larger and taller bridges and buildings. And in London a decade or so ago, they built the Crystal Palace to house the Great Exhibition, a grand construction of iron and over a million feet of glass. It used trusses which represent the very latest advances in the processing and use of steel. It includes artificial climates to provide a haven for all manner of plants and animals from across the empire. Thomas Drummond has invented a source of light so incredibly bright that it can be used to simulate the sun in theatres by directing a hydrogen flame onto limestone. It is finding use in lighthouses where it guides our ships home from the far reaches of the empire. But it is not only technology where there have been such innovations. In the abstract realm of mathematics, Dr William Somerville has been gracious enough to support his wife Mary in translating and popularising Laplace's Mechanism of the Heavens. We can now analyse the orbit of the Moon using an astronomical number of terms, well, I guess there's a pun there, to appreciate details in its motion hitherto unknown. The Moon's rotation is locked to the Earth, with the same side always facing it, but because the Moon is not a perfect sphere and the orbit not a perfect circle, it does wiggle ever so slightly as it goes through its orbit. And it's only through the perfection of this analytical telescope that we're able to appreciate details in the universe before our optical telescopes are able to. We recently won the Crimean War and demonstrated the Empire's ability to reach across cultures and meet with the Ottoman Turks on common ground to defeat the Russians and others who had made such ridiculous claims upon the Holy Land. This conflict provided an ideal application for our best military minds and our recent advances in technology, including the telegraph. Florence Nightingale applied the methods of mathematics to understand mortality in battlefield hospitals, and we've been able to put those observations to good use. It shows the new spirit of the age where we don't just use mathematics to understand bridges and buildings, but apply mathematics to the very things that we do. These are examples of the great many things happening around us. But closer to home, in the next town, they've set up a tannery, and we see the march of technology all around us. I watch the billowing patterns in the black smoke, dynamic, alive, changing, pushed along by the wind. And I felt such pride that human energy, progress and industry have not just advanced but had also reached our town. We live in a special time in history. We have seen such great things. 
unleashed by human thought, creativity and innovation. Technology, appreciation of the world around us, the reach of the empire. You can feel it, you can taste it. It is a wonderful age we live in, a time we are privileged to be a part of. The future beckons. Truly, there are great things ahead. Thank you, John August. Next up, Melinda Hall-King talks about hypnosis and hypnotherapy. My name's Melinda. I'm a clinical hypnotherapist, and I've spent 15 years in the entertainment industry. I've been a clown, I've been a magician, I've been all sorts of characters. So what is hypnosis? It's a communication between the conscious and the subconscious mind. Now, people talk about different levels of the, of the conscious and subconscious mind. For these purposes right now, I'm just going to define it as no, it's subconscious and subconscious, so there's just two. The conscious mind is your forebrain, and it's, well, it's where we apply our critical thinking and our questioning. The unconscious mind, or the subconscious, is the biological part of the mind. It's the inner, inner rings, effectively. It helps us breathe. It's the part of you, because you don't have to consciously think of breathing. You don't have to consciously think of doing the osmosis that's required for the, the oxygen as you breathe it into your alveoli. The osmosis that has to happen so it goes into the pulmonary system, if you had to think about that, you'd spend all your time thinking about it. So we allow our bodies to look after itself and that deep subconscious mind is where we hold all of our deep beliefs, our very, very firm beliefs. And whether those beliefs are uh, beneficial for us, as in I'm going to keep breathing, um, or not beneficial, as in, you know, I don't believe, uh, I, I don't believe I'll ever be successful, those parts, those deep emotions are bound up in your subconscious. And that's who we, yes, the part that as a hypnotherapist, that's the part of you that we talk with, and then get the conscious mind on board so that we actually have agreement and once there's complete agreement between the conscious and the subconscious then we achieve goals greatly you know sometimes we're really focused on something that's because all parts of our body conscious and subconscious are in agreement that this is a good and useful thing to do if your integrity is challenged it's because you've got an internal conflict yes you don't agree with yourself correct correct now there's not agreeing with yourself and understanding that you're not agreeing with yourself. And there's not agreeing with yourself and causing conflict internally by self-sabotage or learned helplessness. Or There's all these sorts of things that we do to nobble ourselves from having an amazing, successful life. That being said, you know, I'm learning as well. I'm always working on myself and all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. So if you can hypnotize yourself to believe that you can't do something, then you can't. But if you hypnotize yourself to believe that you can achieve things, then you can. So that's, it's, and it's, it's as simple and as complex as that. You just have to choose the ways that you want to be successful. You know, not everybody wants to be a multi-billionaire because, you know, what do you, well, everyone goes, geez, I'd like to be, have a little bit more money. But not everybody wants to be a multi-billionaire because, frankly, they don't have really good track records in the whole, you know, relationship stakes. And, well, if you look at any of those um, silly magazines, they're always breaking up and it's all terrible and everything. You know, what do you honestly want? So when you ask yourself, what do you honestly want out of your life? And you look at the different aspects. You look at relationships. 
you look at business, you look at financial, you look at uh, spiritual, of the things that you want, how do you want to be? And it's the part that you look at that's lacking. Ask yourself that question, what was stopping you? Because now, once you decide that you can achieve whatever you want to achieve, now it sounds pretty lofty saying whatever you want to, want to achieve, but you know, I could never be now a prima ballerina. I'm 38, kind of fat, and you know, had a couple of kids, it's never going to happen for me, mostly because I don't want it, never did want it. Although what I do believe is, if I had wanted it when I was younger, nothing would have stopped me. But I never wanted that. Most of the people wander around going, I don't know what I want. Well, that's great. So first off, what you do is you start off by saying, what do you not want? Because everybody can tell you what you don't want. So, you know, what do you don't want? I don't want, I don't want to live in the gutter. Um, I don't want to end up like my parents. So somebody says, I don't want to end up like my parents. You ask, well, what is it about your parents that you don't want? Are they happy or are they not happy? You know, you've got to be fairly specific about what you want. Because once you choose what you honestly want, and then you can start looking around for ways to achieve it, then you give yourself, like all of those little books say, you know, have a goal. Yes. Because when you have, have, but it's achievable goals. Now let's be realistic. Look for realistic goals and mark yourself off along the way as you get there. How is using hypnosis to do this different to just thinking and deciding? How is it different? That's interesting. The way you phrase that is you're you're looking for the differences, obviously, between thinking and deciding. Well, thinking and deciding is one thing. Following it through with actions is another. Many people, many times over, will say, I'm going to stop tomorrow. I'm going to stop smoking. I've decided I'm going to stop smoking. After a while, the subconscious mind comes along and goes, you know, I'm feeling a bit sad or lonely or whatever, rejected. I really, really want a cigarette because that cigarette is going to make me feel good because that means I have control over one little thing. And as long as they have that control over that one little thing, which is being able to smoke, then that makes them feel happy. If you consciously think about your goals and then decide to go for them, Hmm. it might not be enough if your unconscious isn't on board. Correct. And so hypnosis can let you communicate with your subconscious and align your goals so that you work with all your resources, not just half of them. That's right. Because, you know, different parts of you want to do different things at different times. The ability to communicate with yourself, honestly communicate with the deeper part of you, is going to achieve many goals for many reasons. First of all, you'll find out what you really want, because quite often we don't know. I've got to be honest, I mean, even for myself, recently I thought I had to go to uni, had to study at uni, but when it comes down to it, the reality of my life is I have children, so I have to fit in with my reality. Some people can achieve great things and they can study and everything, but you know, my kids want me, and therefore study isn't good for me right now. It'll be fine when I'm older and there's more time. Belinda, is there something that people can try at home with hypnosis? Yes. Oh, there's many things. Self-hypnosis is a couple of techniques you can use. If you wanted to try it at home, what I want you to do is I want you to get yourself nice and comfortable and sit somewhere nice and comfortable. And I want you 
to relax your shoulders and put your hands pretty much about your shoulder width apart in front of you so that both your arms are an L shape and your hands are in front of you kind of like a Barbie doll or something like that with your, your hands out and then I want you to notice the pull in between your hands and notice just this magnetic pull that's happening between your hands and as it's happening you'll notice that your hands start pulling together and you feel that energy moving into your fingers notice your fingers tingling and the energy moving your hands closer and closer together and as you notice that I want you to gently start to try and pull your hands back out and notice them moving closer and closer together and I want you to notice your hands moving closer and closer together and as they start moving all the way in I want you to feel that warmth between your hands like a ball of energy focused and now you can stop and just feel that ball of energy swirling between your hands keeping your hands apart and stationary at the same time and I want you to notice that warmth tingling through your fingers and when you bring your hands together completely and rub your hands together I want you to notice how lucky you feel and notice that luck running as you rub your hands together start rubbing 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 your hands together backwards and forwards round and round and round I want you to notice that luck start to thrill all the way up your arms all the way up your neck your head all through your brain feeling yourself comfortable secure and knowing that you can achieve anything you honestly want to whenever you want to just by taking a nice deep breath and rubbing your hands together and believing in your luck suggestions made to people in trance can not only change the way they act but also the way they feel now we will look at techniques that can be used to go much further to change a person's fundamental belief system and change it for life. Melinda, you have children. What was Science Week like from a mother's perspective? Science Week was fantastic. I really liked going there. We went to the ABC. Now, looking at it from a kid's point of view, because we brought our kids, um, we've got... Um, I always call them Dreamer and Amazon whenever I'm doing anything online. So, Sounds good. You know, um, Dreamer's the 11-year-old boy and Amazon is the 8-year-old girl. Dreamer, the thing that excited him the most, first of all, is the um, the fact that we were watching the Catalyst team on stage and he's going, they're real! They're really real! He was so excited. Well, then it was uh, all the microscopes and that sort of thing. And he got to do some uh, Mad Lab stuff, some, um, some work with soldering and so on. So the Mad Lab people actually make electronic stuff? Yes, yeah. Well, he made a lie detector. So he spent, nice. the, he spent the rest of the week um, checking to see if I was lying. So, <laughs> so you know, you've got to um, work it out. But, yeah, it's, it was so fascinating that'd be like, stuff. that would be a galvanic skin resistance? Yeah, thing, yeah, it's, yes, yeah? exactly. It's a galvanic skin resistance. So you put the two wires on your palm yep. and, um, and you've got to say what's a, what's a yes and what's a no. And then you can... Um, so you you know, ask them a few questions. That's definitely yes. Ask them a few questions. Calibration. Not exactly. You must calibrate. And then after that, we um, he he just 
ask me questions. So, but because we've already calibrated, he'd have it calibrated for me, and then he'd come up and he'd put it on my arm yes. and, ask, <laughs> and ask me questions. What time am I, am I going to bed at nine tonight? No. Yes. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. So, <laughs> so it was very funny. Interesting. Very and, funny. of course, I've heard about American military trying to get remote ones. How do you get a remote lie detector? Well, instead of looking at how sweaty your skin gets and therefore how conductive it is, you look for some similar signs that you can read by perhaps microwave or or terahertz or something where you can bounce things off the skin and perhaps tell how conductive it is. Oh, like those. So doing it remotely. Same thing, only a wireless version. A wireless version. So, (laughs) right. So if you um, just point the, it's like a little laser pointer and if you point it at a politician, it goes beep, 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 beep. That's the idea. (laughs) How useful would that be? Yeah, this politician (laughs) is lying. (laughs) Oh my goodness. But what if they were telling the truth? That's hilarious. Well, false false negatives is is not a good thing. No, no. Um, And that's one of those things. Um, I think lie detectors are fascinating. They had a thing on Mythbusters recently. Yeah, yeah. Where they're showing the polygraph test. Which is using the same methods. So it was using the same methods? It was using the same methods uh, as the lie detector that Dreamer had. Yeah. And they thought they could beat it. Mm. And they used some of the traditional techniques, which is either like having a thumbtack somewhere so that you've got a, a physical stress that's yeah. greater than the lie stress. Yeah. And, or mentally preparing yourself mm. so that you're, you're really you know, method acting your, your fear and all the rest of it. And they totally failed to fool a professional who was using the rig Hmm. on the other hand they went to the new one that uses functional magnetic resonance imaging Hmm. and using a technique which i didn't see explained because i looked away from the tv (laughs) one of them actually managed to fool it completely like it's supposed to be looking at your brain is supposed to use certain bits where the blood goes when you lie and that's how it tells and he managed to use some clever way of thinking his way around to perhaps activate that all the time so that they couldn't tell. Well, as a hypnotherapist, the whole concept of lying is we look at somebody, and depending on how your brain's wired, most people are wired so that when you look to the top right, it's Mm -hmm. visual, but you're also remembering uh, from your memory. And if you look to the top left, you're actually, yeah, it's still a visual acuity, but it's um, you're constructing. So it's not that you're lying particularly, but you're constructing... Uh, the scenario, uh, visualizing it, or you know, thinking about it, or um, or hearing it, or whatever. Is it different if you're left-handed? Um, there is a cross wiring. Doesn't necessarily mean left-handed, but um, there is a, a cross wiring capability, and um, you have to pay attention to that when you're when you're, in, you're certainly in the therapist situation mm. to see. You know, which is why we ask so many questions. <laughs> But it, um, back to the science week. So Dreamer can now tell when you're lying. That's he right. He puts the wires on you. That's right. <laughs> he puts the wires on me and tells me when I'm lying. Amazon seems to be she's fascinated with animals. So she spent the whole time talking about animals and frogs and looking at the things and that. And it was really, really good. They had turtles. So she got to pat turtles. And she was very excited about that. And now she wants us to become um, wildlife uh, <laughs> rescue people and and everything. Oh man, <laughs> so many different things. But it was it was fascinating going there. The skeptic society fellow yes. was there. Anyway, he was doing stories. And he, he did the uh, the Yuri Geller bending of the spoon. Oh yeah, which was very. I mean, it's a magic trick. You know, yes, you absolutely. know magic. I know magic, and you know you watch how it's done. And then he did a, a lovely um, display of 
uh, probability. Oh yes. On how he was, you know, flicking heads and tails, and you know, people put their hands on their head or their hands on their bum, yes. and he, he found out the most psychic person in the group, who was of course the last person who got it right in, yes. in the guess. Personally, I question the whole idea of sceptics. It's great to be sceptical. Having critical thinking is important to be able to decide for yourself whether or not things are right. Science is a very modernistic thinking, you know, and you understand that. It's highly modernistic. So if you can't actually precisely analyse things and, and, and see it in empirical evidence, then it does not exist. So therefore, what do you... Must you discount everything? Must you discount love? Must you discount passion or anything? Clearly it exists, but, but you, you can't can, quantify you can it. You can quantify it. You oh, can how do you quantify it? it? Well, are you talking about, um, you know, MRI again, so watching well, the brain? Okay. You can see it because there are effects, right? Anything that causes a change in the world, mm. you can see the effects of it. So even mm. if you can't see the thing itself, okay. you can infer that it exists from its effects in the world. Placebo effect, then? Placebo effect is real. Okay, placebo effect is real. So faith healing, is that also real? No, it doesn't it's always have an effect. Same thing. It sometimes has an effect and it sometimes doesn't. Placebo, placebo has limited effects and faith healing can has... trigger placebo sometimes. All right, my question is how far can skepticism go? Now, there's like deniers. People who are Holocaust deniers say they're just skeptical. They're, you know, they call themselves rational skeptics. Yeah, exactly right. And they're Holocaust deniers. Never goes, oh, no, no, that's wrong. But, you know. It's selective skepticism that indeed. they're using. Right. And it's not real skepticism because they're not skeptical of their own beliefs mm. and they're not skeptical of other things they're only skeptical of this one little narrow thing mm -hmm. so i think there are limits to skepticism it's one of those philosophical problems if you're a skeptic how do you apply skepticism to, skepticism? to yourself yes indeed and by merely asking about the limits of skepticism you're being skeptical about skepticism which no, means no. you can be it's true one can be but can a skeptic well, of course <laughs> Look, I think sceptics can access the placebo effect, hmm. perhaps not through faith healing, hmm. but I think the placebo effect can be its own placebo. Normally with the placebo effect, you have to be fooled into triggering that mechanism in your brain. Hmm. We shouldn't have to be fooled. The mechanism's there, right? So it's just a matter of your mind triggering your brain to do this healing or symptom alleviation or whatever your placebo is able to do. Hmm. So you should be able to do it consciously. And yes, you should be. Exactly. And the placebo effect. Well, look, if taking a sugar pill and being lied to about it will trigger it, mm. or even if you believe in something mm -hmm. and it works, mm. then you should believe in the placebo effect because it really does work. Mm -hmm. So therefore, if you believe in the placebo effect, it should work mm -hmm. without any trickery in between. Mm okay. Okay. I get that. There it are many people who don't understand the whole placebo effect and, you know, aren't as well read as you or perhaps myself. And uh, for those people, they're, they're visceral. They, they need, they require um, physical proof. Mm. But scepticism is about questioning everything, saying, how do you know that? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean you come up empty all the time. Certainly appears to be the impression that uh, of that is given of the skeptics is they are there to stand back and go you're wrong that's the problem the skeptics have with their image and the way that they act is that they come off as one party poopers mm. and two smart ass smug. Know so you know and the Australian skeptics yeah. as a closed group <laughs> um come off sometimes as being people who have expensive dinners where they can feel smug that you yes know, that they're a skeptic and you're not mm, indeed you know they can all sort of sit around 
smoking their smug pipes in, <laughs> in their little smug cloud, and that's lovely. You know, which is unfortunate because critical thinking, as you said, is something everybody needs. Indeed, it's all, it's required. And the philosophy of skepticism is just applying to question, critical thinking. Yes. It's just to question how do you know what you say hmm. is true, and it might be that you have really good reasons for believing it's true. You might have really good sources. Hmm. You know, you might have tried it out. You might have done the experiment. That's right. Now there are people I know of people who will not go and see a therapist. Now, I'm a clinical hypnotherapist. Um, I'm registered, I have all my wonderful ethics. I have Some clients will come and sit down and they'll say things like, are you sure you're not going to make me cluck like a chicken or anything like that? So the stage hypnotists make it difficult for the therapist because the idea is you're going to put me in your power and you will make me you'll do something. Control. I will lose control. I'll be powerless and you'll be able to do anything you want with me, which is crap. Back to what you were saying before about if you can access that part of your mind, which is what hypnotherapists do. We, yes. We're like tour guides to the brain. And so we work out just a little bit how your brain is working. And then we say, well, if you think about this a bit more, you'll experience this in a better, more comforting way. Or, you know, instead of eating when you feel upset, you'll go for a walk. Or you have a drink of water or you whatever it is that will be more beneficial to your body and to your mind. What hypnosis does is it helps us achieve our own placebo effect for anything in your life. Anything in your life that you honestly need to do, you can achieve in conjunction with any other help that you can get. But choosing to look in the right direction and to feel the right things and to hear what you want to hear is going to make a big difference to the way you perceive your world. So basically, people should learn about hypnosis so they can properly wake up. Yeah. And that's all from us on this edition of Diffusion. Contributing to the program were John August and Melinda Hall-King. If you have feedback, comments, praise, or if you'd just like to tell us something or ask us something, or if you'd like to be part of Diffusion, if you'd like to put your passion for science on radio, then send us an email to diffusion at 2SER.com. That's diffusion at 2SER.com. Or subscribe to our podcast from the website www.diffusionradio.com. That's www.diffusionradio.com. Tune in for more science wondering next week on Diffusion Science Radio. To take us out, he is Scenes From by Bruce McKenna. Computers don't lie. Are you suggesting that I did? In many cases, false things were announced or suggested with TV images. Wow. But Chris, what I'm saying is there was no uh, manipulation, no disinformation. Sometimes uh, you'll, you'll find later on that you have been manipulated, but it's very hard to find it out right away. Video games hyping NATO accomplishments. Oh my gosh, back from the 60s. We knew that, of course, we should not say anything to the media. You can only be hypnotized if you believe in the power of the hypnotist. That's just fine, and you can just allow your eyes to close. You must accept him as an authority figure. Different people will accept different authority figures, depending on their needs and value systems. We spend millions of dollars trying to understand what happens in the blink of an eye. <laughs> First tenth of a second of impact. Well, they rely on some special test subjects. Right, audience? <laughs>
Are you ready, Tommy? I am ready, Dick. Sexy television like you've never seen it before. You'll see the magic. I don't think like this. This isn't me. What am I doing? <laughs> Why, it's just like you could read what was inside of me. <laughs> and you are their national heroine, my dear. And you are ugly, my dear. And now back and to, now our back show. to our back show. To our Only show. Only bad witches are ugly. You know, this is almost like being brainwashed. Oh, but it's wonderful to be in love. And it's even more wonderful to be on a TV show without any commercials. But to me, the only thing I knew about brainwashing was, uh... We all like to believe that no one can control the way we think. But there are many techniques that can be used to change the way our minds normally work. Keep it tuned to this channel tomorrow when we return with... Permit me to introduce myself. I am the voice of child psychology. <clears throat> now, I'm here to show you the modern method of getting their cooperation. Can you taste it? Yeah. What are we going to do? Help them to enter a trance, and even more important, perhaps, help them to maintain a trance. But we do know that the addicted brain is a changed brain. The molecules and networks of our brains have been designed to make us creatures of habit. Who are accustomed to constant interruptions in their programs for messages from sponsors. And then another side of me would click in saying, no, Mary, no. Come on now, that's just Satan talking to you now. You know you can't leave here. Only bad witches are ugly. Only bad witches are ugly. Suggestions made to people in trance can not only change the way they act, but also the way they feel. Now we will look at techniques which can be used to go much further, to change a person's fundamental belief system and change it for life.